Hey, it's Farah. You're listening to Face the Fearless. It is March 19th, 2022. I haven't done this in a while, so I'm a little rusty. But I need to talk about this. Because I have a serious question. How do bad bitches do it? For real. Like, how do they... How do they just exude confidence? How do they just... Not give a shit... What people say. What people think. How they respond to the things that they say. Like... How do they do it? I'm not there yet, obviously, but, um, yeah, this morning proved to me I'm definitely not, I'm not there yet. I'm at work right now, so I'm going to make this brief. A customer walks in and asks for product. I go check and see if we have product. We do product is not listed in the price binder so I call one of my other locations and ask them to confirm the price for me the guy on the phone confirms you know this is the cost and so I tell the customer that he says no well my buddy just got it for this price at your other location just a few days ago okay well my fellow co-worker at a different location just told me this price Um, so I'm going to go off of his word. He said, let me speak to him. So I call him back and the customer talks to him. And then that turns into this customer talking to the owner. And the owner tells him that indeed, like the price that my coworker gave me and that I gave him was correct. You know, and he's sorry for the misunderstanding. So I go to check him out and I say, you know, I'm sorry after all that, you know, the price is still the same. And he just looks at me. And he says, if you fight with fire, I'll fight you back twice as hard. And I look at him and I'm just like, okay, you know, that'll be 135. Like, let's get on with this. You know, and he's just kind of staring at me. I'm like, you can insert your card here. You know, let's, do you want to make this purchase? He's the type of guy who wears sunglasses indoors. I'm not going to make judgments, but I'm going to judge a little bit. You know, like, I just... So he pays and, you know, I hand him the product and, you know, I say, have a nice day. He's walking towards the door and he turns back and he says, you're a very unhappy person. You're not going to have a good day. I'm like, sir, please speak to me with respect. And he just chuckles and I'm like, okay, karma is real. I wish you well. He says, karma is not real. 
is absolutely fucking not real. Goodbye. You're just insecure anyways. And he's saying all this as he walks out the door. Like, so I get it. Like, okay, I come from a different branch of retail where I deal with this kind of clientele, but I dealt with it with women. When I deal with it with a man, it's very intimidating. And it was that insecure comment. I walked to the back and I just, I crumpled. And then I had a conversation with myself out loud. You know, this is only going to hurt you if it's true. So does it hurt you? And I had to really just look myself in the face in my mind and be like, yeah, this hurts. Because I am insecure. And for him to call me out like that and for him to be the way he is. And, you know, I felt like for the first time I wasn't just being, you know, this you know peppy positive thing like I didn't like his energy so I was standing my ground I was getting a little stern I wasn't my upbeat normal self when I'm in retail and like look where that got me so now that has me thinking like am I safer just by playing the role of the people pleaser because like I tried to be a bad bitch and like look where that got me I'm still crying over it So, uh, yeah. Happy last day of Pisces season. (laughs) Uh, This has been pretty much the entire theme for the last month. All the illusions, all the false stories you tell yourself. the realness all of a sudden comes out to play. There's a couple more things that I want to talk about. I'll gather my thoughts and my emotions and we'll get into it in a second. Okay, so my next thought is (laughs) how do you be a bad bitch if you don't know who you are? That's been my conundrum. Oh, God. The better part of these last four months. Like, who am I? We can give labels and things like names and ages. And, you know, I was born here and I do this. And my mother is this and my father and my, you know, all that. But it's like, who am I really? And then we could, you know, take it a different direction. We could say adjectives like... I'm passionate, I'm all over the place, I'm analytical and critical and constantly in thought, like we could say all those things, but like those are just, those are words, that's not the essence of who a person is, and I'm trying to pinpoint that for myself, and I guess this interaction really just highlights, I am weak the words of a stranger a strange man who has nothing else to do this Saturday morning other than come into my establishment and purchase something to you know hopefully enjoy 
with other people that care about him and who he cares about. Um, or maybe he just, you know, enjoys it on his own. Like, I don't know him. He doesn't know me. But that one comment as he was walking out, you're insecure anyways, is enough to bring me to my knees. That's, that's a sign of weakness. That shows how much other people's words and perceptions mean to me, how close to heart I take them. That's not bad bitch energy. <laughs> you know, like, how do you be a bad bitch if you don't know who you are? Like, I guess the step, first step is figure out who you are. I've been trying. <laughs> I've been doing that. Lots of different ways. I've been in therapy for a while and I have a really, you know, interesting um, therapist. And we focus primarily on art therapy. So I'm usually making art throughout my session and, you know, we're unpacking a lot of stuff. I've had some big epiphanies. First one being that, you know, big shocker, I have not healed from the last 10 years of both of my fathers passing away within a year and a half of one another. You know, I, through that cycle of the last 10 years, I hit rock bottom. You know, when I got news that my birth father passed away, we got a letter in the mail from the state of California. I remember that moment very clearly. Um, it shocked me, it hurt, and it didn't hit as deep, though, because I didn't know him. He wasn't present for a multiple multitude of reasons throughout my childhood. My stepdad, the one who raised me, passing, that turned my world upside down. And it sucks to say that and admit that, because for a while, I had a really hard relationship with him. I started to resent him. I think this, this aspect of me by, you know, not being raised by my birth father and being raised by him, I think I started to see him as an imposter and I started to hate him. I remember for like almost a year straight, I was trying to convince my mom to leave him. Like, I just, I was brutally horrible to them both. This is when I was like 12, 13, 14. And in 2012, when he passed, there's just been this open door that's been flooded with all of these feelings that have nowhere to go. There's no boxes for them. There's no channel for them to flow through. I... I was never able to make amends with it. They both died. I get, we can talk about how death is, you know, that's not death, that it's a transitional phase. Their physical forms are gone. I, uh, I 
in this physical body and in their physical bodies that I knew, the physical bodies who held me as a child, those are gone. And because I never made peace with that, for the last 10 years, I've been chasing this feeling of this rock bottom sensation. It's a drug to me. I crave it because I don't know what's after it because I never completed the first cycle of hitting rock bottom. So anytime I get close to healing, to feeling better, making peace with something, I sabotage it. Me, my own doing. Because I don't want to know. What happens when you close that door? And you no longer feel the flood. That flood. That's been the thing I've felt the most over these last 10 years. <laughs> so there's been that breakthrough. And fuck it, we'll talk about the other one, even though it's, this one's harder. So I introduce myself on here as Farah. That's not my birth name. I chose that name in November of 2019. It was a promise I made to myself. To be my most authentic self. To embody joy. Farah means joy in Arabic. So that name was a declaration. I will become this person and I will do whatever it fucking takes. Fiona. The name assigned to me at birth. I hate her. I am ashamed of her. I am ashamed of me. I hate me. And I've run from myself. I've built walls. I have tried so hard to annihilate her. To erase who she is. Because there's so much shame. I look back in the memories of Fiona, the person I used to be, the person I still am. I'm disgusted. So through doing work in therapy, I came up with this, I'll call it a metaphor, I guess, um, 
because I've been struggling with my identity. It feels like I'm two people, sometimes more than two. And um, I don't know what's real anymore. Am I Fiona? Am I Farah? Am I both? Am I neither? They say a name is just a name. It goes back to just labels. Who are you? I believe a name is a very important thing to have. It's yours. Whether it's the name assigned to you or the name you choose, it's a very important part of who you are. I don't know what mine is anymore. So in therapy, I created this piece of art. I've been working with a medium called alcohol inks. It's actually quite brilliant. It's beautiful. It's so fun to work with because they have a mind of their own. They float. So you use alcohol, um, like isopropyl alcohol, on a non-porous substance. And then you put the drops of the ink into it and you manipulate it with either your breath or, you know, I use a little um, airbrush gun to move the air. You can use straws. Like, you can do so many things. You can use paintbrushes, like, and it moves and it melts and it combines and it creates just this very ethereal look to whatever you're trying to um, create. And so I divided a paper into two and on one half of the paper, I channeled Fiona and I chose the colors blue and orange. My least favorite color is orange. My favorite color is blue. I didn't like the orange, so eventually I added red. And what came out of me manipulating these inks and moving them around was a silhouette, a side profile of what looks like me. And right where these two colors collided, the red and the blue, a rainbow appeared. There's like yellow and green and, you know, purple and orange. And like, it's just this very small little strip. And that represented Fiona, was just this fire and ice, hot and cold, black and white, two polar opposites colliding, chaos embodied. And then I moved to the other side of the page for Farah, and I chose purple. And what formed on the page was no definitive shape. It looks like an energy ball. Gas and smoke and vapor. It's, there's no solid form to it. Then I took a step back. And I looked at what I just did. Have you put it together yet? Blue and red make purple. So all of a sudden, this epiphany just punched me in the fucking face. And I still, this was two weeks ago, and I still can't understand how to move forward from here. The epiphany was by Fiona being represented with blue and red and Farah being purple. 
this whole time, these, these last two years, I have proclaimed myself as purple. I am purple. I am purple. I am Pharaoh. This is me. In reality, I'm blue and red. You know, we can argue that blue and red equals purple. Semantics. They, it's not purple. Those are the components that make up purple. I don't even know if that makes any fucking sense. I don't have words to eloquently describe this epiphany. But I realized that... There's some truth into the realization that this could possibly have been a masquerade for the last two years. And um, I have a very dear friend, and she told me, you know, you never stop being Fiona. You just grew up. And so that's where I'm at right now. That's, I haven't had the desire to talk. I haven't had the desire to press record because none of this stuff is pretty. None of this stuff is easy to talk about. This is embarrassing as fuck. To not know who you are, that's embarrassing. That should be one of the simplest things that we know. And it just shows I have zero relationship with myself. I don't trust who I am. I don't know who I am. So I've spent a lot of time doing things to cultivate that relationship. So hopefully some truth and some light comes out so I can understand who I am, so I can continue taking steps to be who I'm supposed to be because I know that the only reason that I'm here is because there's this future version of me. Some days I hate her, but I know that she stands behind me with her hand on my shoulder. And she whispers, keep going. You'll get there. I'm waiting. Don't give up. So yeah, this guy who came in today. <laughs> kind of just highlights and pokes pokes a hole right into the wound of you know who the fuck do you think you are? I don't know. My task in therapy this week is to write a list of things that I am right now, in this moment. I haven't done it yet. <laughs> I have my next session in a couple days. I need to do it. I don't know. 
I don't know. Because I don't want to just go and list off all the negatives, right? It's supposed to be healing. Therapy is about healing. So I'm supposed to write positive things. But it's like the only positive things that I can think of that I am is that I'm stubborn and <laughs> that I care about people and that I believe that there's beauty in this world that is beyond imaginable. And without that beauty, talking about the divine, talking about the creator, talking about source, whatever fucking words you want to use to describe God. I trust that even if I know there are parts of me that don't want to. I know that my soul trusts that. Calling yourself spiritual means that you see spirit in all things. And I don't see spirit in me. I see spirit beyond me. I am just merely looking through a window into its greatness, standing on the outside of it, wishing so desperately to be a part of it. And then I keep getting in my own way. Because I do some dumb shit. Because of my 10 year cycle of always wanting to hit rock bottom. Yo. in this journey of trying to figure out what the fuck I'm doing and who the fuck I am I've caused a lot of damage (laughs) I haven't forgiven myself for that yet I've only recently been able to admit that I'm angry that's new angry at myself, angry at my family, angry at angry at it all. I didn't know it was anger. It's been so repressed. In this book that I was reading called Radical Honesty, the guy talks a lot about how Anger is what leads to a lot of lying that people do. I'm not a good liar and I lie. Lies do nothing other than make everything worse. (laughs) For yourself, first and foremost, and then for everyone else involved. And because of some choices I've made, I've had to confront a lot of the lies I've told myself. I wouldn't say that I'm close to have made peace with that yet. Awareness is the first step. That's brutal enough. 
earlier this month, I binged watched a TV series. I don't do TV, you know, unless it's vegging out in the evenings. But, you know, if I'm going to dedicate to watching something, I want it to teach me. I want it to inspire me. I want it to show me something about myself, about my story. And in this TV show, there were three characters who really struck some chords in me. These characters are from the show Euphoria, and they are Rue, Cassie, and Jules. So in the story, it's narrated by Rue. Typical archetype of broken woundedness, trying to find out how to ease her suffering through the uh, the cause and effect of her actions of only making the suffering worse. Cassie, you know, it took me a while to like her character um, because I've never been a popular girl, so I don't, you know, I don't know what that world is like, but with the way that she interacts with her relationship. So she's seeing this guy McKay for a little bit and then she's with another guy um, who was dating one of her friends at first. And, you know, like, I just... It's the way that she tolerates how the men treat her. You know, there's this one instance where she's trying to have sex with her boyfriend McKay and like there's this whole scenario where you know the guys are looking at these videos and pictures of her and you know she gets around and so she's you know labeled as a whore and like because of the porn they watch like the the whores like it rough so he's you know being really aggressive and you know she stops him and you know he he feels bad and then like she comforts him and then there's this other time where her boyfriend the same one is like you know why do you have to make everything so sexual and she's like I'm sorry and he's like I just want to talk to you and she's like okay and then he like asked her for nudes like literally in the same episode like a couple like an hour or so after they left and it's like this you know like confusing behavior and she's just like complacent and compliant to it and I'm like god damn it (laughs) it's like triggered like you know like fuck and then there's Jules and like I you know there was with the first episode and what she does I kind of hated her I was like you dummy you know what you're you, you know what you're doing is wrong you're being dumb like stop and then I get like there's this one special that they do where it's just like an hour episode just focused on her and then that clicked it all into place for me I was like oh that's trauma like I was like oh no no like I didn't realize it at first like okay I get it I thought she you know 
I thought she was just doing that to do it. Like, I didn't know there was a reason behind it. And that makes me, you know, that's one of the lies that I need to confront that I tell myself about myself is that I'm not really as caring and open and compassionate. I'm pretty fucking judgmental. I'm pretty critical, which is why I worry that everybody just judging me and looking at me and observing me all the time is because I do that to everyone and I usually paint them in a negative context, in a light, you know? I, I point out people's flaws in my brain, whether I tell them to their face or not, it's a different story. It's when I do that, then it usually backfires because most of the people in my life are smart enough to know what I'm projecting. And they're like, you know, that's actually a reflection of you. And I'm just, God damn it, you know? <laughs> but just, I didn't, from her story, I just was like, why are you doing this? And then in this episode, they go and they go deeper into why she is the way she is. And I was like, oh. And so this whole like bad bitch thing so the story of this narrated by the character Rue follows these group of high school students who are like friends but not really all friends like they're they know each other some of them have been friends for a long time some of them are like related like there's a there's a lot of like connecting dots but you know they're not all like sitting at the lunch table together every single day it's their own lives and they all intertwine because I guess small town or just community or that's just sometimes how the dice rolls so this one girl in the show Maddie is like the archetype of bad bitch energy and of course then you find out that that stemmed from her own trauma and her own issues and pain and it's a persona you know and she has this you know She's putting makeup on this one girl and she says this iconic line where she's like, you know, 90% of life is about confidence, you know, and who cares if confidence is real or not? Nobody can tell. Like, and this today, what happened? I portrayed myself as weak. And I got called out for it. And I don't want to keep going with that. I want, it, I want it to stop. I don't want the words of others to break me down. And you know, we could tie that into like, well, your self-narrative, your own personal way that you speak to yourself how do like you know would you speak to yourself that way and it's like I do though so like he's just not telling me anything I don't already know it's it's just coming from another person a stranger who knows nothing about me telling it to my face you know like that shit hurts I think because sometimes when people call these things out about ourselves that we already know, hearing it is hard because, you know, sometimes you're, you're so self-aware, somebody else just telling you what you already know, it just, 
there's already a knife in your chest, but they just kind of like, you know, twist it around a little bit, drive it in a little deeper. And, um, There's just, it's just a lot. That really hurt. These last couple months have really hurt. You know, I just, I just passed the one year anniversary of the worst day of my life. And I got through it. I got through every day after that worst day leading up to the one year anniversary, March 17th. I didn't think I could do it. That's not weakness. So, there are parts of me that are strong. And then, others not so much. feel a lot better now after saying this all out loud and you know I think that's the whole reason why I made this podcast in the first place it was a tool for healing it was to document my journey in the search of authenticity That's all for now. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Face the Fearless. And I'll catch you next time.